Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. Are you looking for practical ministry help to drive your ministry further, faster? Have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of others in pursuit of stuff that we wish they had taught in seminary. Buckle up and let's get started with this week's Unseminary Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. My name's Rich, the host around these parts. Happy Thursday. Thank you so much for tuning in. I know you've got a lot going on at your church as we head into this weekend, and I'm honored that you would take some time out uh, to pop us in your earbuds to listen into today's conversation. I really hope you lean in uh, and listen to today's uh, guest because we've just got some great stuff we're going to be talking about. I think a really a way that your church could be making a difference not only uh, here, but ultimately around the world. And, uh, and so I'm super excited to have Richard Lee. He is Director of Church Mobile with International Justice Mission. Some people refer to them as IJM. Uh, this is a great organization. Richard, uh, welcome to the show. Well, thanks, Rich. It's nice to spend some time with you like this. Um, and thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, Richard and I are friends in real life, not just online. So it's kind of fun to interview somebody uh, that you can have coffee with sometimes. Three-dimensional so. three friends. <laughs> exactly. Um, so Richard, why don't you tell us a little bit about IJM? Kind of give us a sense of what is it that the mission is that you know is international justice? Um, so inter- International Justice Mission, it's an 18-year-old organization started by our founder, Gary Haugen. Um, and we are positioned as the largest anti-slavery organization in the world today. Hmm. Um, and so what we do is we um, really we go and we, we start these field offices in these remote regions, in these impoverished areas internationally. Hmm. Uh, so we have 17 field offices uh, throughout the world. And what we do is we basically we do casework. Um, and hmm. so we will go in and we'll find and identify a problem and recognize that these there are victims of violence here, um, most often victims of sex trafficking or bonded labor, labor slavery. Um, and so we will go in and we will uh, do investigations and really try and get some casework. Um, and so we really want to go and we want to rescue the victims, right? Mm. And so really there's four model, four uh, parts of our model of justice system transformation that we do. So the first thing is we'll go in and we'll rescue the victims. Wow. Uh, but then having rescued the victims, we recognize, well, we can't just turn them out you know, onto society, out into the open. So we, we provide aftercare. So we um, are not just undercover investigators, but we're also social workers. So we rescue and we restore uh, wow. through a, uh, an aftercare system. And we talk about rescue victims. Is that like literally like you're going and kicking down a door somewhere? There's guys with thick necks that work for IJM that are like <laughs> going into brothels or something? You know, I'm, I'm trying to not make a joke of it, but that yeah, literally right. that that's the picture I have in my head. Is that the kind of thing that's going on? Well, I, so we do have people with thick necks, but let that be said. <laughs> but what the, one of the things that we do at IJM is we work with the local authorities of that country and oh, wow. of that city. Right. And so we're partnering with the local authorities. So mm-hmm. uh, we may not be the boots that kick down the door, but we right. are right behind the police as uh, they go into the okay, property. Okay, and in okay. a lot of these places, what we found is we're actually doing – uh, some of the investigation and the case where we're partnering with the police. And so we're bringing some of the evidence and some of the, we know that this person's going to be here. We know that this, you know, slave owner, we know that this uh, brothel owner is going to be here. And so we'll, we'll go with the police. Wow. Um, and so literally as we're rescuing them, we're also really starting that uh, aftercare uh, part of restoration. Wow, that's, uh, you know, that's, that's amazing. What a particular, you know, a, a, you know, a narrowly focused, but incredibly, you know, important role. What is the kind of scale of slavery? You know, I remember hearing once at some point that there's more slaves today than any other point in, in human history. Is that true? 
Yeah, so actually there the, the estimates are 36 million, nearly 36 million wow. uh, slaves today, which is more than any time in history. And you think about that, right? You put that in perspective, 36 million, I know you're Canadian, but mm-hmm. 36 million is about the population of Canada. Wow. And so imagine, just on a matter of scale, if the whole country of Canada was enslaved, um, wow. The the rest of the world would would know this. They would be you know right. they would be talking about this. They would be dealing with this, um, and yet thirty six million people worldwide are currently enslaved, and and a lot of the world doesn't know about it. A lot mm-hmm. of the people don't you know aren't even aware of that. Um, and so it's not only just you know the numbers are not just staggering in terms of slavery. There's an estimated two million children that are currently exploited in the sex trade. Oh, um, a, a, a child goes missing in India every eight minutes, and half of them are never found. Oh, um, my goodness. The sex trade industry um, generates $150 billion a year. $150 wow. billion. So, you know, just the numbers are staggering in terms of what sort of world is out there, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, this is not my world. This is not your world. This is not mm-hmm. your listener's world. But this is the world for so many people. Hmm. In fact, um, our estimates are that 4 billion people live outside of the protection of the law. Um, they are left vulnerable really? to violence. Yes, 4 billion um, So people. the We're, majority of the world, more the... Absolutely. Wow. Right. Where basically that they're not running to their police and to their law enforcement because the law enforcement is not um, at a, yeah it's not well it's not even just corrupt it's just that that they're they're not really positioned they don't have the 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 resources and the training and the wherewithal to be able to protect the people that they're actually there um, to serve and so we are you know part of what we do so we rescue and we restore mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but then we also want to go after the criminals and so we're actually a bunch of lawyers as well um, so in these field offices it's not just you know it's not um, you know Americans it's not you know um, Westerners it's actually natives of that country mm-hmm. and so we you know we have lawyers from the native lawyers from that country that will represent them in court and will mm-hmm. go after the criminals because ultimately we don't want to just free the slaves we want to put away the slave owners um, and the fourth thing that we do is we repair justice systems. And that's really one of the keys. And one of the distinctives I think about IJM is that we work on a governmental level to to sort of uh, train them and mm-hmm. uh, bring them along and to show them, hey, this is how um, this is what, pr- you know, prosecuting a uh, sex trafficking case would look like. In fact, last year in the city of Mumbai, we trained over uh, 10,000 police officers. Wow. Uh, about how to just you know gain gather evidence and and how to prep uh, witnesses and you know do all of those different things for um, you know the impunity that is out there for these uh, brothels and for these you know slave owners. Hmm. Now, can you give me a, like a story or like a maybe a country where this is working, where it's like okay, this is the kind of ideal man. I, you know, obviously you're working in you know all these different countries around the world, seventeen different countries in the world. But I'm sure there's a few kind of shining lights where it just is you know maybe a bit more evolved, where all four of those are really happening at a consistent basis. Give us a sense of what that looks like. Yeah, one of the things that we saw is in the uh, country of Cambodia. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been working in Cambodia for for many, many years, mm-hmm. um, over a decade. And really what we've seen 
is as you start going through and prosecuting these brothel owners, um, they, then it's not that we have uh, basically you know, shut down every brothel and thrown every brothel owner in jail. What happened is when you start showing them that the law is actually against you, right? And it's illegal in these countries to do this, but they've just been operating with such impunity. They're just mm-hmm. out in the open. Mm-hmm. But once you show them that the law is actually going to be enforced against you, these other brothel owners look at this and say, well, I'm not, I don't want to go to jail. And so then they shut down. Right. And so what we've seen is this huh. sort of spiral snowball effect. So in the, in the country of Cambodia, in, in particular in these three cities, um, so we, we want to be able to go in and take baseline statistics and be able to track <laughs> how we're uh, doing this. And so one of the things that we've seen over the past 10 years, and in particular just in the, even the last three to four years, the availability of young minors, so I'm talking 15 and under, the availability of young minors um, in the sex trade in these three cities in Cambodia in the last three to four years has been virtually eradicated. Wow. Um, less than one-tenth of one percent. Hmm. Um, and so we've seen this sort of dramatic drop um, <laughs> of and the removal of impunity. Hmm. Uh, another place we've seen this is in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. We had a, a Bill and G- Melinda Gates Foundation grant mm-hmm. um, there to be able to show um, basically, and our target was to drop the availability of minors available for sex trade by 20%. And over three and a half years, we actually saw a drop of 79%. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, and so we're really making differences. We're really making an impact in these cultures where, um, you, you know, we, we've gone to these places where we, you know, see pictures of formal brothels, former brothels that are now shut down, that are chained mm. up. Hmm. Um, because of the police raids and things like that. Hmm. That's incredible. What a you know, massive issue, obviously, global in scale, um, incredibly complex. This isn't, you know, um, you know, no individual church is going to be able to tackle this issue. And I think it's incredible that here you have an organization that, first of all, that it's lawyers doing good things in the world, uh, which is, I'm sure you've never heard that joke before. Uh, <laughs> that's right. But, uh, you know, apology to all the lawyers listening in. Uh, but, you know, that that's an amazing thing that, you know, we can kind of work together under the banner of IGM to see, you know, incredible, it's incredible, yeah. you know, ministry take place. How do churches plug into this? Like, what is, you know, when you talk about church engagement, are you looking to, what does that actually look like? Are you trying to find people that are willing to kind of offer their services or what does that look like? Well, you know, it, the thing for me, um, you know, I believe that the, the, the Western church um, really needs to be leading the world leaders in ending modern slavery. I mean, we've mm-hmm. been blessed in such a way. Um, you know, I'm a pastor. I've been a pastor um, in New Jersey for many years. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I've seen just the, you know, the wealth of resources um, that are available to the Western church. And then you have this need, this, mag- you know, this the magnitude of the need mm-hmm. in these other places where the poor are being uh, oppressed and afflicted. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I really believe that it is the Western church that will uh, really step up to bring an end to modern slavery. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, what par- part of what um, I do as a church mobilization director um, is really just trying to engage with churches to, to, to raise awareness, mm. uh, to just let them know, hey, this is the world that is out there. The world that you're living in is not actually the world that, we, uh, that they live in. Mm-hmm. And to just show them um, mm-hmm. this is what it's like um, and to be able to talk about what does a God of justice uh, say about 36 million people uh, mm. enslaved uh, in the world today. 
Hmm. And you know, it's it's one of those things that um, you know. Recently, my wife and I we bought a Prius, and it's like mm-hmm. one of those that, that Prius effect, right? Now, all of a sudden, everybody's driving a Prius. You see Priuses <laughs> right. all over the world, right? You know, and so it's one of those things. Once you start engaging in this conversation with justice, I guarantee you, your listeners right now they're hearing about slavery and sex trafficking. They're going to hear about it again this week. Like it's mm-hmm. just one of those things mm-hmm. that, as their eyes begin to open, they see these things. That oh wow, all of a sudden. This is something that's you know ends up you know snowballing into mm-hmm. their consciousness, and I really believe that as we raise the awareness, that churches are going to then want to step up and say, "Hey, how do we partner? How do we actually go about you know um, you know fixing this problem? How do we step up to end modern slavery?" Mm-hmm. Now, the the impact on our side of the world, I think there is something that has been interesting that you touched on that. Um, you know, I, I used to be a really against the kind of mission trips or people traveling abroad. I'm like, that's just super inefficient. It's like a, a waste of kingdom resources, but have really gone 180 on that in the last, I would say, 10 years. And one of the reasons why is because it gives you an opportunity to see that the way we live here in America is, or in North America or in the West, whatever, you know, whatever you call that, is really in the minority in the world. That people around the world, their experience is different than the experience you and I have. And I think you've raised one of those issues, this idea of slavery. It can feel like, wow, that's so far away. That's not really in my world. Uh, but it but it is. Um, and, our, you know, I think as Christ followers and people who are listening in, you know, it's a good tribe of people who follow on seminary. They want to make a difference. They want to see positive things happen. Can you give me a sense of a church maybe tell the story of a church here um, who is engaged with this issue and is saying, hey, we want to raise awareness. We want people to know about this issue. We, we want to do that in a way that's relevant and, and right. gets people motivated, but then also is making a difference. What, is that, what does that look like? Can you give us a sense of what that looks like? Yeah, I mean, we so as as IJM, we have um, a partner with a field office program where basically we will um, create a relationship between a local field office and a U.S. church. And so what we're trying to do is bridge that gap. Um, And so we've had many churches that have actually traveled with us for many, many years, over 10 years, Mm -hmm. um, where people have, um, churches have really created a relationship uh, with the work that we're doing in these uh, field offices. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we've actually have, we've, you know, in past years, we've actually approached churches and said, hey, this um, you know, field offices looking for a an aftercare facility to be created through a partnership with a local church in South Asia, hmm. and so you know we're we're trying to basically work with these um, these churches to be able to create this sort of partnership. And so hmm. what we want to do is create a sort of opportunity where the we're pairing the resources with the need. Hmm. Um, and so we've seen churches step up and create. Uh, partnerships, either financial partnerships or prayer partnerships, um, or even you know starting aftercares and um, you know partnering with local churches um, in those uh, remote cities as well. So if, if a church already, there are probably are churches that are engaged already internationally. They may right. do work in you know in seventeen countries, a lot of countries. There's a good chance that there's a connection between those two. This might be a way to say, hey, we're going to add something just slightly different to what you know we're doing internationally. Maybe we partner with a you know a local IJM office rather than just the kind of global thing. We'll partner with one particular and and give tell a slightly different story about you know if let's say we're church planning in india you know and telling it i don't know if you work in india but you know telling a slightly different story about you know india um, than just church planning is that the kind yeah. of thing you're, you're doing with churches yeah and um you know we have churches that partner you know in ghana or in the dominican republic or guatemala or you know southeast asia wherever 
um, that, that already have relationships with churches on the ground. And so what we're trying to do is really kind of um, work within those partnerships, what you're already doing, right? I mean, that's how uh, oftentimes God calls us to be able to, to, to move is in areas that he's already moving us toward and we begin to learn more and experience more. Um, and so I really, you know, I think that there's a great opportunity for churches that are engaged in those um, areas, in those areas of the world, to just kind of, t- like you said, right, add a different dimension mm-hmm. um, to that. Because, you know, there is poverty and there is, you know, lack of clean drinking water um, and, you know, all of those different things, you know, microfinance, all of those things. Mm-hmm. But when the, the, I, I don't think that any of those uh, problems really deal with the issue of violence. Mm. Um, when there is, I mean, we can we can provide more food and more water and and uh, you know more money and a robust economy, <clears throat> um, but really when there is someone who is just hell bent on violence of mm. taking and abusing my power over someone else, mm-hmm. it really becomes a problematic thing that really just you know goes really at the foundation of that society. Hmm. Well, my hope is that you know church leaders, as you're listening in today, there may be people that are like, hmm, I want to learn more about this. I want to lean in. Um, you know, get a little bit more plugged in, understand a bit more about IGM. Um, if people want to kind of get in touch or learn more, well, how can they do that? What's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, so we at IGM, we have church mobilization directors um, all throughout the, the United States. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a partner office in Canada as mm-hmm. well. And so we have church mobilization directors whose job is really basically to engage with churches. We'll, cool. we'll come to your church and we'll, sh- we'll speak. Um, we'll you know, meet with your pastors, meet with your staff, and basically let you know more about this work. Um, because some of you may be listening out there and just say, you know what, I just need to learn more about this. I just, yep. you know, this is really fascinating. Um, and I just need to lean into this a little bit more. And so I would say, you know, you can email me and whether you're in my region or not, I can point you in the right direction. Um, and, but it should be a great opportunity to have the conversation. Do you want to give out your email address? Is that what you're saying? Sure. Yeah. What is, what is your email address? <laughs> yeah, that, that would help. Uh, my, my email address is rlee, R-L-E-E nice. at ijm.org. Well, that's incredible. I hope people take advantage of that and get a chance uh, to, to contact that. We'll also have a link to that uh, in the show notes if you can go there uh, to connect. Richard, that's great that you you know are willing to help people get connected and really just start the conversation. I love you know the heart of that partnership you're talking about there. Hey, we'd love to connect and chat and talk through, hey, maybe there's a way for your church to plug in with this. Anything else you want to say before we pivot into the rest uh, you know, of today's episode? Yeah, I would say that you know what we found is that the church is kind of raising that temperature of justice. Um, you know, recognizing that um, we really have seen the churches benefit from this, right? As they've seen and just open up their eyes, they begin to see injustice all around them, whether mm-hmm. it's a local um, issue um, just down in, in the city that they're in, uh, or whether it's a neighborhood or uh, a, a member of their congregation. We're seeing this issue of justice mm-hmm. uh, kind of being raised in the temperature of the church. And I, I, we've seen this countless times as people have engaged more with IJM or with the issue of injustice, they begin to see, again, the Prius effect, they begin to see injustice everywhere. Um, mm-hmm. And it really helps mobilize the people uh, to fight for justice for God's people. This is the Unseminary Podcast. Stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Well, we're going to jump into the lightning round. That's the part of the episode where we ask similar questions of everybody that's on the show. Today, we're honored to have Richard Lee from International Justice Mission with us. It's been a fantastic conversation. Uh, Richard, what's an online resource you're using these days uh, that's helping you in your work? Um, yeah, so I'd say probably two things. One, um, I use my Sunrise calendar quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, good integration there. Uh, the second thing is OverDrive uh, app. 
which is uh, audiobooks. Nice. Um, but it but it lets you borrow audiobooks from your local library, so I don't pay for them. Yeah, that's incredible. That's uh, that overdrive. I don't I'm not sure how that works, but it's an incredible app. Right? Like yeah. I'm like, how is it that I can just have these for free? Um, what's a book? Speaking of books that you've read or maybe listened to uh, in yeah. the last six <laughs> months, uh, that's shaping your thinking. Yeah, um, I would say I, I listened to uh, the autobiography of MLK, oh, okay. um, which was actually, you know, it sounds autobiography, but it was actually a compilation of his speeches mm. and his talks um, <laughs> compiled by someone. Um, and so it's actually in his voice, but it was just a it's fascinating read. <laughs> um, also, Overrated um, is, is written um, by Eugene Cho. It's a it's a good book about kind of how this generation is more in love with the idea of changing the world than actually changing the world. Uh, it's a little bit of a convicting read, so just be warned. Mm, nice. Okay, what's another ministry uh, <clears throat> that you're looking to these days that kind of inspires you with what they're doing? Yeah, I, um, you know, two churches that come to mind, at least for me, um, uh, High Rock Church up in uh, Boston um, is um, Dave Swaim is a pe- friend of mine, and just you know, being able to see that sort of model of, of planning local parishes. Um, you know, just fascinating to be able to see how, you know, th- their approach of kind of taking church planning into the city. And then also Trinity Grace in New York City is a very similar model. Nice. Very cool. Well, uh, just two more questions. If you could get 15 minutes with any leader alive today, who would you want to get that with and why? Yeah, it would be, uh, it'd probably be Tim Cook and Johnny Ive. Oh, uh, Apple fan. Yeah. Could <laughs> <laughs> you tell? Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, I just think, it, you know, just the, the fascinating ability to take a, a global brand, but yet make it feel so personal, mm-hmm. um, I think is, you know, in some ways, that's what we're trying to do in the church. That's what we're mm-hmm. trying to do in IJM in, in many different ways is take something that is, is big, bigger than us and make it feel personal and, and um, attractional. Yeah, it's been interesting in the post, um, you know, Steve Jobs era, there really was this sense that like, oh my goodness, the companies go careening off the cliff. And actually the opposite has happened. It's actually really thriving. In some ways we'd say this is the golden age of of Apple right. Computer. That's, that is true. That's fascinating. Well, I really appreciate being on the show. Um, you know, I know you, you've got a lot of busy work interacting with a lot of churches across the country. When you just want to kick back and, you know, have some fun, uh, what do you do for fun in your personal life? Um, well, you know, my, I'm a parent of a, an 11 year old and a nine year old. And so there's a lot of coaching involved, yes. a lot of, you know, kids sports and things like that. Um, nice. I did play in a, a town softball league this past summer. Oh, uh, nice. Which was, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Nice. Uh, able to do that. Yeah. Very cool. Well, I thank you so much for being on the show today. If people want to get in touch with IJM, oh, how can they do that? Obviously you gave out your email address earlier, but do you guys have a website or anything like that? We do have a website. Um, it's uh, IJM.org, IJM.org. Nice. Thanks so much for being on the show today, Richard. Thanks, Rich. Thank you for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Don't be shy. We'd love to connect. Check out Unseminary Inbox. You can sign up at unseminary.com and we'll send you helpful training resources every week. Plus, you'll gain immediate access to our exclusive members area with tons of resources you can use. Connect with Rich on Twitter at Rich Birch or through email rich at unseminary.com Don't forget to check out the show notes for this episode at unseminary.com It includes links to what we talked about today and more. Leave a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Did you enjoy today's episode? Drop by iTunes and leave a review. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Join us next week when we'll learn more stuff we wish they taught in seminary.